It's been a big week. Uh, lots of things going on, certainly politically, and a lot going on globally because of the UN General Assembly uh, in town here in New York. Uh, also very key is the relationship with North Korea. And yesterday we were all over President Trump ordering new sanctions on individuals, companies, and banks doing business with uh, North Korea, really looking further to isolate the regime and increase economic pressure on North Korea. Let's talk about this, uh, as well as some news that we just got out of the uh, nation capital about Senator John McCain playing to oppose the latest Obamacare repeal. With us right now is our own Margaret Talev. She's senior White House correspondent at Bloomberg News, joining us from the White House. And Margaret, that's actually where I want to start, is John McCain uh, saying he's going to vote against uh, the GOP-only Obamacare repeal proposal. Does that mean this is a dead issue? Yeah, today's news is big news because, uh, as you know, in the Senate, um, there are um, no more than two Republican senators can say no to this uh, effort, the um, the Graham-Cassidy uh, uh, effort, and uh, one, Rand Paul of Kentucky already has said he will. Uh, there's sort of a group of four core uh, holdouts. Uh, McCain has been one of them, Paul, and then uh, Senator Lisa Murkowski from Alaska and Senator Susan Collins from Maine, who have been kind of the core uh, no votes that have held back other efforts so far. And the thinking was that because Senator McCain and Lindsey Graham, uh, the, you know, co- um, sponsor of this uh, legislation, our best political friends, very close personally and, and lockstep politically, that perhaps McCain would go along with Graham and put them over the top, give them the ability to move forward. By McCain coming out today and saying, no, it takes one of those key votes off of the table, and also because McCain is going through brain cancer and has been kind of sort of uh, had the, uh, the angle of sort of uh, not just sympathy, but has become kind of a leading voice uh, in terms of um, how to view these healthcare efforts, uh, the thinking is that his no vote may very well persuade um, even just one other Republican to say no, and that would be all it would take to sink it in the Senate. Margaret, so, Li yeah. Margaret Lindsey Graham just uh, tweeting out, too, I'm excited about solutions we have found in Graham, Cassidy, Heller, Johnson. We press on. Yeah, I mean, look, it's not over till it's over, and yeah. September 30th is the date. Uh, but but everybody was waiting to see what John McCain would do, and now we do see what he will do. And unless anything changes substantially, what McCain is saying is not just that he doesn't support this, but that right. he wants to go back to the bipartisan effort, and that is what he's pushing for. If if even two other Republicans follow, that is all it takes. Well, as I said, it's been a busy week. I don't know if Margaret's getting any sleep. I want to switch gears and talk a little bit more about uh, what we got from uh, President Trump ordering new sanctions uh, on North Korea this week. Joining our conversa conversation, Stefan Haggard, fellow at the Peterson Institute for International Economics, professor of global policy and strategy at the University of California, San Diego. Stefan, uh, those increased sanctions by President Trump, does this uh, continue to change kind of the relationship, if you will, uh, with the world and North Korea? Well, these, the executive order yesterday is much more sweeping than I think uh, people yet realize. And as banks scramble to figure out what kind of North Korea risks they may have, and particularly Chinese banks, you're already seeing a reaction from the Bank of China, for example, basically ordering uh, Chinese banks to cease and desist with respect to business on, uh, business with North Korea. So this executive order, the, the implications really haven't sunk in yet. Um, it, it's uh, interesting, though. Nikki Haley, uh, the U.N. ambassador, has been making the case um, that sanctions are already starting to have an effect, Stephen. And, and I wonder if, if you uh, are 
what we know about that. Well, we, you know, one of the things we're watching are prices in North Korea and the black market exchange rate. And you've already seen apparently some pretty sharp increases in gasoline and fuel prices in Pyongyang and at several other locations within North Korea. We have some intelligence on this that's pretty close to real time. And I think that going forward, you're going to see some panic buying of commodities. And the big thing I'm looking for is a depreciation in the black market exchange rate of the sort that we saw prior to Iran coming back to the table. I just honestly don't see how North Korea will manage an exit from this. Something's right. going to give. That's got to be certainly what the Trump administration is counting on. Um, Margaret, in terms of what we're hearing out of the president and his team in terms of North Korea, are they all kind of on the same page here? Well, of course, at the U.N., we heard the president use sort of this very aggressive um, uh, militaristic language, but they are still very much focused when you actually look at the policy on by on diplomacy. And by that, I mean non-military options, but sanctions in particular and what they want from the Chinese is an oil uh, stop to North uh, Korea. But if they can begin to chip it away at it through uh, sanctions that affect uh, banking, so be it. And they're looking not just to directly change China's behavior, but to isolate China. So if you look at some of the other uh, folks who are uh, doing, uh, you know, have trade relationship uh, with North Korea, so whether it's India or, um, you know, Russia, Thailand, the Philippines, uh, even Pakistan, uh, right. to the extent that there are now new pressures on India, some of these other countries, on Russia, on the Philippines, on Thailand, uh, that also may affect, if not North Korea directly, at least isolate China, put pressure on China. And that's part of what all this is about. All right. Going to leave it on that note. Uh, folks, thank you so much. Our own Margaret Tollov, senior White House correspondent at Bloomberg News, uh, joining us from the White House. Busy week for her. Another busy week, uh, if you will. And Stefan Haggard, our thanks to you as well. Fellow at Peterson Institute for International Economics, also professor of global policy and strategy at the University of California, San Diego. We did have uh, North Korea striking back at uh, President Trump's threats to destroy it. Kim Jong-un warning of the highest level of hardline countermeasures in history. You're listening to Bloomberg Radio.